Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 30 about the power of humiliation. This author says, shame is in fact hating yourself. He said, I recently read these descriptions of shame that seem to align perfectly with my experience. Shame is hating yourself and understanding why other people hate you too. Shame is like a prison, but a prison that you deserve to be in because something is wrong with you. Shame is the opposite of the gospel. Shame says, yes, you've made mistakes. You've made a mistake which is typical for a total loser like yourself. The gospel says, yes, you've made a mistake, and here's some grace to redeem you. Shame says you're not perfect, and consequently you're unworthy of love. The gospel says you're not perfect, and despite your imperfection, you are deeply loved. Shame says you're uniquely flawed and absolutely do not belong. The gospel says everybody has flaws, including you, but in Christ we all belong. Shame says you are hopeless. The gospel says you may be guilty, but Jesus Christ is your hope. Amen? Sometimes we, we do that to ourselves. We're on this vicious circle of self-shaming and self-loathing because we are imperfect. And sometimes, even, I'll tell you as a pastor, the same grace that I preach, I don't always give to myself. My expectations are pretty high of myself. And so if I skin my knee or if I make a mistake or my thinking is wrong or whatever it may be, sometimes I have a tough time believing that God gives me the same grace that I preach. Can I get a witness? Anybody else wrestle with that kind of stuff? And so what we need to understand is that God has grace for us. Now grace, we remember in Romans 6, is never an excuse for sin. We don't say, well, God will forgive me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this dumb thing because grace, 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 grace. No, because if you take advantage of God's grace in that way, God may spank you. But if you're living your life and you're going along and you fell, you fell down or you skinned your knee or you made a mistake, look, God knew when he signed you up that you were imperfect, amen? Now, we're all in process, but these, these uh, lament psalms, I think, are encouraging for us to see we're not alone. All day long, verse 15, Psalm 44, my dishonor is before me, my humiliation has overwhelmed me because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles because of the presence of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you, and we have not dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, and our steps have not deviated from your way. Yet you have crushed us in a place of jackals, covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or extended our hands to a strange God, would not God find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart, 22 but for your sake we are killed all day long. Many of you will note that this verse is quoted in Romans 8. 
We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But you guys know how Romans 8 goes. But we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So there's encouragement even in the New Testament quoting this verse. And then the psalmist says, Arouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Awake, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? You know, that's an example of how Job feels if you turn back to the book of Job, chapter 30, and how we often feel. And I think it's important for us as believers to be real with God because he already knows how you're feeling anyway. You're not to be, I'm not to be dishonoring to God, I'm not to be disrespectful to God, but I'm also to know that God is my Father. Amen? And because He's my Father and I'm His Son, I can go to my Father and know that He will have compassion. See, what father's not compassionate towards his children that he loves? And as a father, a human father, if we can think of a good example of a human father would have compassion on his son or his daughter. So our father has compassion on us. He knows our DNA. He knows what we're made of. He knows that we are dust and we struggle. And so Job is going through it and and he's looking at the people that mock him that are frankly like the bottom of society. He wouldn't even let these guys run with his sheepdogs And they're the ones that are mocking him, stripping him of his dignity. If you've ever been there before where something happened in your life and you kind of became the laughing stock, maybe among a group of friends or, you know, maybe uh, some of you experienced some form of bullying or, you know, you would show up somewhere and, you know, people are kind of whispering under their breath about you. You kind of know what this feeling's like. Indeed, he says, he's continuing to talk about these mockers. What good was their strength? The strength of their hands to me. Vigor had perished from them. From want and famine, they are gaunt. These are the mockers. Who gnaw the dry ground by night in waste and desolation. Who pluck mallow by the bushes. And whose food is the root of the broom shrub. If you're taking notes, verses 2 through 4 highlight the mockers' uselessness. They are unemployable, says one writer. They have no vigor. They have no strength to give. They have no energy, no stamina, no concentration, no skills, and no sense. If you have a New Living Translation, it says in verse 2, a lot of good they are to me, those worn out wretches. They're haggard. They wander around gnawing at the dry parched ground looking for scraps or things that can fill them. But it's not because they're sick or have a series of unfortunate events that drove them to this life. This is who they are. This is how they live by choice. Verse 4 in the ESV says, They pick saltwort and the leaves of bushes. The saltwort is a perennial shrub identified as Atriplex halimus, which because of its saltiness is eaten only in dire circumstances. From the broom tree, Retama Rotam, one of the larger plants in the desolate regions of Sinai and the Dead Sea, they collect roots, possibly to make into charcoal to set a fire. 
You say, what's the point of this, Pastor Michael? Why is Job highlighting the uselessness of these individuals to say that he sunk so low, if I can put it this way, that people who dig through trash cans for their food are the ones that mock Job as a joke. See, this is what's happened. The man that was the greatest in the East has gone so low that the lowest of society make fun of him. That's how far Job has fallen. And in other chapters that we studied together, Job is so weak, so diseased, so broken and shattered as a man that when people walk by to mock him, he can't even really respond. We saw some of the chapters earlier in the book where people were actually encircling him and spitting at him and laughing at him and bringing friends to do the same. Look at him, the great Job. There he is. <laughs> Throwing things at him, spitting at him. And Job would say something like this, Oh God, when will you hear my cry? They, the mockers, are driven from the community, five. They shout against them as against a thief. When one of these guys shows up in the neighborhood, people say, no, don't let that guy near your property. Don't let him near your daughter. Don't, don't ever hire him. They dwell in dreadful valleys, the holes of the earth and of the rocks. They have no house. They don't work. Among the bushes, they cry out. Under the nettles, they are gathered together. This is a revealing of the mocker's reputation. And while some commentators take issue with what Job is saying here, like, is Job being terrible toward these people? No, he's just saying who they actually are. And the irony is that these are the guys that are mocking Job. And that's how low Job feels. He say, says they are fools, even those without a name, eight. They were scourged from the land. Fools in the Bible is not someone who's mentally uh, stupid or short of mental ability. A fool is someone who does wickedness like a sport, Proverbs 10.23. He's a man of no wisdom. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver and gold, Proverbs 22.1. When a man is without a name here, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a name. It just means that he has a name that has no honor. And in our culture, I pray, and I'm speaking now to parents and grandparents primarily, that you will teach your children about the honor of a name and the honor of a word, that you're a man of your word, that you're a man of integrity, that you're a woman of honor, that your yes is yes and your no is no, and you don't have to qualify with, I swear to God, and I double pinky promise, and I cross my heart, and hope to die if I, you don't need to do any of that. Because if you're a man or a woman of your word, then you have a good name. And a good, and a good name in the book of Proverbs is better than riches. These men, these men, these young men who taunt Job, they don't have that kind of reputation. And now, nine, I have become their taunt. Do you see what Job is saying? And now, NIV, their sons mock me in song. I've become a byword among them, new living. And now they mock me with vulgar songs and they taunt me. 
They come out of the caves and the holes and from underneath the bushes. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. That you're a man of your word, that you're a man of integrity, that you're a woman of honor, that your yes is yes and your no is no, and you don't have to qualify with, I swear to God, and I double pinky promise, and I cross my heart, and hope to die. If I, You don't need to do any of that. Because if you're a man or a woman of your word, then you have a good name. And a good, and a good name in the book of Proverbs is better than riches. These men, these men, these young men who taunt Job, they don't have that kind of reputation. And now, nine, I have become their taunt. Do you see what Job is saying? And now, NIV, their sons mock me in song. I've become a byword among them, new living, and now they mock me with vulgar songs and they taunt me. They come out of the caves and the holes and from underneath the bushes, from their charcoal fires, from the scraps, with their no names, bad reputations, unemployable, and they walk by me on the ash heap and they've even made up a few songs about me. Come over, we'll sing about Job. There he is, Job on the junk pile. <laughs> Job, 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 you know, like the kids on the playground. Job, Job, he's a mess. Job, Job, couldn't care less. <laughs> Whatever. Just made that up on the spot. They abhor me and stand aloof from me and they do not refrain, would you note it? End of 10, from spitting at my face. In that culture, to spit in someone's face was about the worst disgrace possible. And that's what they do. They come by singing their little songs and because he's so weak and such a disaster, and nobody steps in to help. They come by and they, they spit in his face. And then the next one does it. And then the next one does it. And then they sing the song a little bit more. And they bring their friends over. Sad, isn't it? How could someone of such great reputation have sunk so low? But do you see it, brethren? 
Who's he a picture of? Jesus. And now we're beginning to understand a little bit about the picture that God is painting. Because the one who inhabited heaven, the one who had the glory with his father before the world was, where is he born? In a cave or a stable or perhaps a tower if you were with us for that message. Where does he grow up? A place called Nazareth. How does he live? As a carpenter, ministering largely around the Sea of Galilee, rejected by the religious leadership, rejected by much of his people. How does he die? As one considered under the curse of God. What do people do? He's probably crucified along a main street so that his feet are probably at about eye level as he is suffering, perhaps naked on the cross, and in full shame and humiliation, the Son of God, God the Son, we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what happens? He's crucified. And one of the People there, on a cross, deservedly so, a thief and a robber, he begins to hurl abuse at the Son of God. Yeah, if you are the Son of God, come down from the cross and save us too. Perhaps they had a song that they sang. People came by, the Bible says from Psalm 22, that they wagged their heads at him and they said, you who claim to be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Can you imagine having the power that Jesus had on that cross? Oh, I'm not sure I could have taken five minutes of it without shooting a missile out of my eye. <laughs> I would have fried at least a couple of people. Oh, yeah, smart Alec. <laughs> what happened to Fred? He's smoking. Yeah. In Mark 14, 65, some began to spit at Jesus and to blindfold him and beat him with their fists. They said to him, prophesy. The officers received him with slaps in the face. Mark 15, 17 through 20 says they dressed him up in purple. And after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they kept beating his head with a reed. They were spitting at him and kneeling and bowing before him. And after they had mocked him, they took the purple off of him, put his garments on him, and led him away to crucify him. Job's indignity, says one writer, foreshadows one who will be cursed and mocked by a violent, rubber, a violent robber under capital punishment. And one of the, the two comes to his senses at some point and says, hey, what are you doing? We deserve to be here, but this man is innocent. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today, most assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me, where? In paradise. The thief essentially said, Lord, would you forget what I've done and just remember me? And Jesus, think about the, that other thief. He's in the same kind of humiliation and shame as Jesus. And that forgiveness gets extended by the greater Job. Because Job begins to target the one that he thinks is responsible. 
If you have an ESV, it says, because God has loosed my cord or unstrung my bow, middle of 11, and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. Writers say that the metaphor that Job uses here is that his body is like a tent and God has slackened the central cord so that the tent sags. Job is saying that God has done this. Now, is God responsible for this? Ultimately, yes, God has allowed it. But who's the one throwing everything Job's way? Satan, right? Scholars who study this idea of demonic possession, and I've shared this with you as we've gone through some of the Gospels, say that one of the chief aims of someone being demonized is that the goal of the demonic power is to destroy the person's humanity. Or, to put it another way, to destroy the imago Dei, the image of God in the human. So that that person who's been so devastated by that power, that dark power, no longer appears to be human. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, we know that there's language in Isaiah 53 that seems to indicate that the that he was marred beyond human recognition. And some of us watched, you know, with eyes covered, The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. And, and some of it was hard to take. And I remember some years back, I was sitting with some pastors and we were talking about this concept on a radio program. And one of the pastors said he had done in-depth studies on the Hebrew. And he said that he's not sure that Mel Gibson went far enough to depict the suffering of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to The Power of Humiliation, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 30. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Just so you know, we have free apologetic events coming up, and we'd love it if you joined us. They're called 633, and that's based off of Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, the COVID-19 pandemic, suicide, and how we as Christians can talk about these issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our free Living Truth app. And having the app on your phone or tablet will help because you'll be the first to know the details about our upcoming events. If you live outside California, you can still be a part of our 633 events because we live stream them. And with the app, you can participate in the question and answer portion of the event. Learn more about 633 when you download the Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars or by visiting walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we know that Jesus Christ humbled himself and he was really, when you think about it, humiliated on the cross. Voluntarily said, Father, I will. You know, if this cup can pass from me, I'd prefer that. But your will be done. And the will of the Father was to crush his son. It pleased the Father to crush him. And the cross was the ultimate humiliation in so many ways that I think most of you are familiar with, including brutal torture, mocking, 
probably hanging naked on the cross. Unspeakable humiliation. And Job certainly got a taste of it in his situation. And Job is the lesser. Jesus is the greater Job, the perfect sinless lamb who was humiliated, though he had done nothing wrong. He had never sinned. And if you have felt humiliated lately, embarrassed, shamed, do you know that your high priest gets it? He knows what it's like. He he suffered terrible humiliation. And this is an area in Hebrews 4 where it does say he can empathize. He sympathizes and empathizes with us. Hey, if you are feeling kind of humiliated or even worthless right now, maybe you're just not at a good place, we have pastors available to you. This is Tuesday through Friday, about 9 to 4 Pacific time at 844-48-TRUTH. And we'd encourage you to call. And we've had many uh, of our radio listening family call and get prayer and get ministered to, and it's a good thing, and that's part of what we believe we're called to do, 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael Lance. So glad you're listening. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 30 called The Power of Humiliation. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.